Hi, I'm Kim. And I'm Erica. And, and welcome, welcome to, to a whole nother level. level. So speaking of investing, let's take a turn. Let's talk about investments. Personally, I didn't know anything about investing as uh, my background. I grew up with a single mother that had three kids. And so we were on public assistance. And so what I saw was my mom save a lot and she, she did a really good job, but just to see her working hard, just to kind of get us to a financial state that we didn't know existed because we didn't know that it was a thing, but she showed us in a very real way of how to go from we slept in cars to now we have a house investing wasn't even a word in my vocabulary. I knew about credit and I knew that that was a negative thing because all the uses of credit in my family has been a negative experience and using using credit to pay off current problems, right? When I did get introduced to investing, I was very nervous about the whole thing. I was very skeptical because I, like you, risk averse, right? I don't want to take any risk on anything because once you get the money, it's like, you're not going to take my money. Like, I'm not going to give you my money. I don't know you. I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know how that that math ain't working. (laughs) (laughs) The whole investing was just me taking smaller and smaller risks before I felt comfortable making bigger risks, mainly because I got more money. But now that I'm getting older, I need to make less and less risks because I need my money now. I need to spend it. But is it really a risk? Is it really a bigger risk if you're if it's proportional, right? So you say you took a little bit of money. Now you make more money. You put a little bit more money. I am more comfortable with the financial state I'm in now, my comfort level is different because of the more money. How did you, Bridgerton and Danita, get into investing, if at all? Research. Um, We started actually right before the pandemic. We started investing a little bit here and there, Mm -hmm. kind of watched it, and then we started a business. And then we kind of got the kids involved. Um, and then we had meetings with the kids as well. Every oh. week. <laughs> Every week um, we had our, our business meeting. Um, so, yeah, that's how we started investing. Kim, Nick, how did you start in, in investing, if at all? Mine was all through work, you know, nothing more than like. Uh, the 401ks or 301bs through work and, and I knew you know make sure you do that make sure you get your employee match I think the, the biggest question when it came to investing was like do I do a, a Roth versus uh, you know uh, and I, I didn't know you know yeah. so I just listened to you know just some people on the internet or something like that and wound up with the Roth and then you know now I got to do the 301b um and then I think as I kept looking into it, realizing that, you know, stock market isn't the only way to invest, you know. And so um, that's when I started looking at like properties and over that kind of thing to, to explore that. And then um, most recently we were like, well, why don't we invest in ourselves with this uh, like a, a small business and, you know, trying to do that and seeing how that's turning out. So I think um, I definitely... It, all those ideas came to me after I got out of the pressure of being out of debt, you know? So I think 
you know, once you're in different positions, your perspective changes for sure. And, and, and so, um, but yeah, so investing to us is more a learning process right now. I, I can't even call ourselves investors because you know, I don't know. I, you know, so, uh, but right now I, I just, I'm realizing that there's other ways to do it rather than putting it in the stock market. And that makes absolute sense. Um, yeah. So one of the things that, um, that my mom, I mean, again, my mom was financially savvy. So like 401ks and all that stuff, she did it for me. Right. So I didn't know, I, I didn't understand what was, mm-hmm. why I was putting money away. Um, but she did, you know, invest my money um, in my 401k and made sure that she told me every time you get a raise, put a little bit more either percentage wise or a little bit more dollar wise into your um, into retirement. Um, but again, that was more of a do this for savings and not necessarily investing, even though it is investing. Um, it was one of those things that I didn't look at. Right. So I, I wasn't necessarily making a conscious effort. Um, so my introduction, um, like I had, I was a government employee. So I had a TSP, but then I converted over, I had a 401k. And, and the thing is no one explained what any of that stuff was to me. And retirement plan was something different in my mind than all these other things that they're talking about because no one put these thoughts together. And so, um, because I work in tech and it's a white male dominated field, I'm in offices now with a lot of white men that's talking about how they invest their money, how they're doing X, Y, and Z. And a lot of the stuff was very foreign to me. Minority experience and maybe woman experience where it's like, I don't want to reveal my hand. I don't want them to know that I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So I would go and I hear 401k and then I'll go and research whatever that is. Oh, a backdoor Roth. I don't know what that means. That sounds sexual. I don't, (laughs) I just don't know what these things are. And so I would sit on the edge of conversations at work. And that's how I learned a lot of the things that I know. And then I linked up with um, somebody that has been very instrumental in my financial journey, mainly because it was a male that was in tech that would share his salary with me so that I was always making sure that I had comparable salary expectations because first off, I'm single. So like I got enough money. So asking for more didn't make any sense to me, but making sure that I had what he had made sense to me. And so um, then like, now you have more money, you need to do something with this money. You just can't have it in a savings account like the Clintons, like, what are you doing? So it's like, what do I do with this money now? And so sit again, sitting on the edge of those uh, employee conversations that we're having, like in the break room or whatever it is, I'm learning these new terms that's getting me interested in things that's other than the stock market. That was some of the challenges that I had. So what experiences have you had with investing? And what do you think that is something that's common amongst a lot of the Black community? Uh, I think, so Here, here's the thing, right? So um, and, and I don't, I'm not going to go all the way back, but we, we as black people have been behind when it comes to finances. So we're just now learning some of the things, um, that other races have had passed down to them. And so they learned it at an earlier age because their parents had that type of investment, right? So 
when it comes to the, the stock market, for instance, um, we're just now learning and we're just now uh, having the capability because you don't have to go to a large investment firm to put down, you know, 20K before you can start investing. You can invest a dollar on Robinhood, right? Um, so I think a lot of people are investing um, in stocks now, but I think that they're doing it blindly because the the, the cost is so low. Um, the cost of entry is low now, so you can take a dollar and just put it on something, right? And that really is just paying the lottery. Right. So I, I think the one thing that I think people need to understand is if you're investing in the stock market, you have to understand it. Um, and then there's different levels of it. Right. So almost like college. Right. You got the 400 level, the 300 level, the 200 and the people that just came in as freshmen that are not going to continue to do it after, you know, after a little while. Um, I got into the stock market and I thought I understood because I was doing research. And then I got into a group where people who really understood started talking about it. And I didn't even understand what they were talking about. Right. So they're reading charts and they're, um, you know, uh, they're doing all this other stuff that I had no clue about. But I was trying to invest in a similar method that they, that they were. And it just didn't work. Right. So um, I lost a lot of money in the stock market trying to or at least thinking I was investing when all I was really doing was gambling on companies that I thought, you know, made sense. So I think the the thing that I would recommend to anybody else is um, learn about it, um, do it, but also do, um, there's a lot of different sites out there where you can play with fake money. Um, so do that first to, to, to kind of get your strategy down um, before you invest, because there's millions of strategies to invest depending on what you're trying to do. Um, and so I think from a, you know, from a lessons learned standpoint, uh, I know people don't like to, to hear lessons learned, but don't just blindly put your money in the stock market. You might as well just put it on a football game or you know, it's the same thing. Um, because if you don't if you don't understand enough about it, it really is just circumstance or chance. Um, and you don't want to leave something that you're trying to invest to chance. You want to you know, accept have a, an acceptable level of risk. There are some times where you do take, you know, some money and put it on something that the long shot. Um, but you got to know that going in. And I don't think I still don't think there are a lot of people like the GameStop folks and all those people that, that don't understand what they're doing. Somebody told them to do it on Twitter. So they did it yeah. and they made money. So now they think they're, you know, right. Bitcoin millionaires. <laughs> a lot of Bitcoin millionaires aren't Bitcoin millionaires anymore. So uh, I think it's just, you know, you got to take your time understand what you're, what you're getting into and, and make a conscious decision to, to make that investment. I agree. Nick um, and Kim, do you have anything to add on challenges of investing? I think one of the challenges sometimes is just like you talked about before getting started, like never feeling like you're prepared enough to get started with whatever it is and to put that toe in the water more like find out your more conservative way before you like jump in i know trying to seek help it was hard to try well i still haven't found a true fiduciary it seemed like any uh financial advisor we got had other motives involved so they either were insurance guy finding somebody who's just 
like really looking at my finances and trying to give me all the opportunities uh, for investing. What would work best for me has been a real struggle. I think that a lot of the things that you both touched on are very good things to keep in mind, especially that whole risk averse, never wanting to actually, it's like that double dutch, right? That's kind of like how it is. You're mm-hmm. always rocking, but you never actually jump into the ropes. I don't know how to double dutch. <laughs> <laughs> That's me always doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> what are some of the things so far? And this will probably be our final question. What are some things that you found beneficial from investing? Getting over that fear, like jumping in, knowing like sometimes you're not going to make the right decision, but mm-hmm. knowing, hey, I learned something about that. How do I take that forward to make better decisions in the future how do I then do that whole lesson learned thing so you can tell somebody else when they're trying to make that like oh this guy told me about this company or whatever and you can take that information and pass it on like oh look at this do that exactly what Reginald had said about hey there's plenty of places to kind of play with fake money before you actually start doing that so taking those like things that you may have done wrong in the past and playing them forward for yourself and for others. Investing from like a a relationship standpoint, for me, it just showed that, you know, it's an investment in our future. You know, we're we're doing this stuff and building this stuff, not to divide it up with a divorce in the future, you know? So, you know, it's just a more of a commitment, a physical one that says we're in this for the long run. And, you know, and if you do it right, it does pay off and you do see the benefits from working together. Yeah, I think that's the big thing for us is we want to, and we didn't talk about it before, but in our goals is we want to leave something for the kids, right? Mm -hmm. We want them to have something that we can give them physically so that they all have um, a a better start um, when they, you know, they create their families. And so um, what investing has given us is is that it's given us something to shoot for, right? So we reassess our our funds and, and it gives us something to uh, aspire to get, but it also is going to leave them with some, with that, it's going to leave us with the ultimate goal of leaving them something. Mm-hmm. And also taking the risk. Like if you've done the research and you have the finances, like there is a lot of emotions that come before you actually jump in. But as long as you jump in, you know, you'll see. Something yeah. it's sad. always that buildup where it's yeah. like the anticipation of it all. And then when you actually do it, you're like, oh, wasn't that bad. Okay. <laughs> and I think you got to lose too, right? So, yeah. you know, the, the faster you get that loss out of the way, the better you'll be. Because um, it's a lesson that you're going to have to take with you, right? You're not going to appreciate, like I said, all those Bitcoin millionaires. They, they invested a dollar and they became millionaires the next day. They didn't appreciate what it took to invest. Or what it took for Bitcoin to go up that high. So when it went down, they were like, oh, it wasn't my money anyway. I think mm-hmm. you got you to gotta make sure that you understand and uh, appreciate you know, what yeah. you get from this. And I, I will say, you know, I'm lucky, you know, that I have a partner that we're on the same page because, you know, financial abuse is real. And I have mm-hmm. seen relationships where it's not as rosy as we're painting out today. And, you know, and that's probably a whole nother podcast for you, but you know, <laughs> yeah, right now, um, absolutely. when you're, when you got a good partner, you, you're good to roll for sure. 
Well, thank you, Reginald, Danita, Nick, Kim, for joining us today. And that wraps up our episode of A Whole Nother Level. Check us out on Instagram at WNL underscore podcast. Until next time, bye. Bye. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode of A Whole Nother Level, we invite you to join us on Instagram at WNL underscore podcast. Please rate and review us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Erica and Kim letting you know that you can always take your life to a whole nother level.